morning. Good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Will you give it up for our praise band for doing an amazing job this morning for leakness and worship? Thank you so much. Uh, it's a blessing. We're in week four uh, once again. Um, uh, this week has uh, been a blessing, but I'm not for sure if anybody else out there has, has allergy issues this week. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Uh, <laughs> I've been uh, living off of uh, cough drops, peppermints, and uh, Vicks <laughs> this, this whole week. But uh, we're going to make it through this, guys. Um, so we're in uh, week number four. We're going from uh, unforgiving, uh, unforgiving to forgiving. All right, week number four, unforgiving to forgiving. We're in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. And we're going to be going through this passage um, as we go along in the, uh, in the message. But we're going and we're talking about forgiveness on today. All right. Um, there was a guy. Uh, he, uh, uh, he, he, bought, he bought this parrot. Uh, and he took this parrot home. And as he got home with his parrot, this parrot uh, began to get mean and start talking, uh, insulting the man, uh, saying bad things about the man. Uh, the man uh, takes the parrot and he throws the parrot inside of the freezer uh, to cool him off a little bit because he's getting a little, little bit out there. Uh, well, the parrot just keeps talking um, from, the, from the freezer. Then all of a sudden, he goes quiet. And the man got curious, and he opened the freezer, and then this parrot comes walking out uh, of the freezer, and he says, well, I apologize uh, for offending you, uh, and I humbly ask for your forgiveness. Well, the man said, well, yeah, sure, thank you. Uh, I, 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 I forgive you for, for what you've been saying. Uh, well, <laughs> the parrot said, if you don't mind me asking, uh, he says, what did the chicken do? <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all to get that one on your way home. Listen, we all know what it's like to be forgiving, uh, for, forgiven, and we all know what it's like to forgive. Uh, in kindergarten, uh, kids don't do this. In kindergarten, I cut a girl's hair. Um, she, <laughs> she was just in front of me. There were scissors, and I cut this girl's hair, and she goes home. I guess like nobody else noticed it, but her mom noticed it, of course, right? Uh, mom noticed it. Uh, my dad, parents get a call. My dad winds up talking to her dad because her dad is a pastor, and my dad's a pastor, and so he continues to ask for forgiveness and everything. And so uh, we grow up, me and this young lady, uh, and she goes to different schools, but every time I see her, she brings up that incident of where I cut her hair, and it just breaks my heart. Um, because just, oh, just uh, the, the shame of cutting that girl's hair. Well, anyways, uh, we get to college, and I see her on Facebook, and uh, I send her a message, and just, 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 just it just dawns on me, let me just ask for your forgiveness for what I did back in kindergarten. And anyway, she, uh, she forgives me, but I go to her, her Facebook photos, and I see all of her pictures is of her hair short. And I'm just thinking, was I being prophetic at, when I was a kid? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You, she might owe me an apology. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, we all know what it's like to forgive. We all know what it's like to be forgiven. In the previous section, uh, before we get to our passage today, we see uh, Jesus gives, uh, he, he gives structure for reconciliation in verses 15 to verse 20, right? He, he, each step that Jesus is uh, saying, hey, we ought to go to our brother. If they don't say, we, we, uh, we take someone else with us. Uh, 
In each step that doesn't work, we're including involving other individuals into uh, the situation, hopefully not to break that relationship. Jesus creates an orderly way to handle issues within the church because issues will arise. Uh, All throughout scripture, we see people being human and and not getting along from Cain and Abel going all the way to Onesimus and Philemon. uh, Where there are people, there is sin, and where there is sin, there is problems. And in the passage today, Peter simply asked this question because, uh, uh, because Jesus had just talked about, talked about handling disputes among each other. So we see Peter's question in verse 21 and, and Jesus' response in verse 22. And it says, then Peter approached him and asked him, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. And so in verse 21, we see two things that Peter does here. We see, we see Peter's curiosity. Uh, he, uh, he's really saying, what, what about people who try to take advantage uh, of this process? How many times should we go through this process with them? Uh, people are maybe trying to take our kindness for granted. So we see his curiosity, but we also see his generosity in his question, right? He, he, he goes above the rabbinic uh, uh, requirement, which is just three times, right? And so Peter's like, well, I, maybe if I double theirs and I add one more to it, maybe that's good enough. And so he thought he may have been showing some unusual grace some unusual mercy by suggesting seven times. And so in verse 22, we see Jesus' shocking response, and he says, uh, says, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. That's 490 times. And it's not really to get caught up on the number, but here's the thing. Jesus is saying disciples of Christ are to forgive without keeping record. Disciples of Christ are to forgive without keeping record. This is backed up by 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Remember, love keeps no records of wrong. Where there is love, there can really be no limit. And so Jesus gives this parable uh, to help further uh, explain this point. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And and this parable is really just a warning uh, 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 against the unforgiving spirit by subjects who have been freely forgiven. And so we see in verse 23 to verse 27, we see the master's forgiveness to an undeserving servant. The master's forgiveness to an undeserving servant. Verse 23, and it reads... For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. And when he began to settle his account, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought before him. And since he did not have any money to pay uh, it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. Then the master uh, of the servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. Here, this master, this king, he's selling these accounts with his borrowers. And so there is his servant who owes him 10,000 talents. And so we see the price he owes, right? Uh, a talent was the largest denomination of money in that time and day. The Galilean system says that, uh, uh, that those in, in Galilee, uh, it only went up to 300 talents. 
It was also said that an, the annual amount for those living in Palestine, the annual amount was about 800 talents, which uh, is equivalent to about $10 million for that whole area. This servant owes 10,000 talents. Well, we, we, he's, he's definitely in over his head. We, we, we're talking about hundreds of millions or maybe billions. I've, heard, I've read six billion. He owes uh, an astronomical amount. It, it is no surprise that he cannot pay this back. Then we see the penalty for not paying it. The master would take him and his family, which was a, the normal time of day when you could pay back, and he would take them and put them into uh, to slavery to, to pay back this loan. Then we also see the plea that he makes once he sees how this is unfolding. The servant pleads. He, he, he falls. He begs on his knees uh, asking for patience to pay this debt back. But here's the thing. This is a promise that he can't keep. He's asking for patience, but no time would he be able to pay all of this back. And then the master saw his contrite heart, his contrite condition, and we see the pity that this master has on him. The, the, the master has compassion on him, and he gave him a clean slate. He forgave him all. This king shows extraordinary forgiveness. Here is an extra, uh, ex epic display of mercy, not justice, because he does nothing to deserve what he got. He does, he does nothing. And so secondly, we see the king, the, 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 the forgiving servant's justice on an undeserving servant. And that's in verse 28 to verse 30. Verse 28 says, uh, the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, pay what you owe. At this, his servant fell down and began begging him, be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what he owed. Here, this forgiven servant, uh, by pursuit or even by, ha or by happenstance, found this servant who owed him money, a hundred denarii. We see the price he owes, right? Uh, some, some would say a hundred days wage, or some would say uh, $12,000 or, or somewhere around there. But here, this amount is insignificant to the amount that the king had just forgiven him of. This forgiven servant, he grabs him and he chokes him and he, and he says, pay what you owe. But then we see the plea that he makes. This, this servant who, who's been found, he falls on the knees, the same thing, the same story total. He falls on his knees and prays and asks for patience. But then we see the penalty. The, the forgiven servant wasn't willing. Instead, he threw him into prison until he could pay all of it back. There is no pity in this section. Here is an epic display of unforgiveness. But then verse 31 to verse 35, what do we see? We see the master's justice on the forgiven servant. When, when the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported it to their master, uh, uh, everything that had, had happened. And then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all of that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have also had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything he was owed. 
Here this master servant saw what it had, uh, the, the servant saw what had unfolded and, and they reported everything back to their master. The, the, the master summoned the servant. He calls him wicked servant. He, he says, I forgave you all this stuff, all of this debt. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant? Here is the penalty now for the, his unforgiveness. At first, he didn't have a penalty, but now he has a penalty for his unforgiveness. He wanted to live by justice, so the master let him live by justice. Mercy got him out of trouble, but now justice put him back in. He wanted to live by justice. Now notice what Jesus concludes with. Jesus concludes in verse 35. He says, so also my heavenly father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brothers and sisters from your heart. Jesus shows us that forgiveness comes from our heart. Forgiveness is not just a head thing. It's not just a deeds thing. It's not just a words thing. Forgiveness comes from our heart. And here are a few things, that, a few lessons that we learn from this unforgiving servant that he teaches us. Firstly, he teaches us that the unforgiving heart is found ungrateful. The unforgiving heart is found ungrateful. He was forgiven, but he didn't reflect forgiveness, right? He, he, here he is, a free man walking forgiven, but his actions show us that he didn't fully appreciate this, uh, uh, what just happened to him. He, 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 actually, his, his, it really shows us that his mind is on his money, and his money is on his mind, right? Where is the gratitude in the text? For what he had been forgiven of, he, there's no glee, there's no joy, there's no gratitude in his attitude for what he had been forgiven of, man. If I would have forgiven that, man, I would have been doing cartwheels, backflips. The unforgiving heart is entitled. It's entitled to the mercy of God, which is a contradiction because it's mercy because we don't deserve it. When we forgive, we're showing gratitude for being forgiven. And one way that we can know that we've accepted God's forgiveness of us is that we are forgiving of others. Second thing we see, the unforgiving heart is unkind. It's found unkind. He, he was forgiven, but he acted coldly. He acted coldly in his words, and he acted coldly in his deeds. So I, I, I imagine this guy, like in the movies, grabbing him by the collar and lifting him up, and you just see his little feet dangling, and he's saying, pay what you owe, man. The irony in this passage is really that the master, the king, should have been doing this to him because he owed him billions of dollars. And the text kind of uh, alludes to there may have been a, a, a friendship between the, the forgiven servant and the servant who didn't get the forgiveness. There may have been a friendship or partnership because it keeps saying fellow servant. Money can mess up a friendship. It can mess up a partnership. But notice this unforgiving heart today, guys. This unforgiving heart holds on to power. It holds on to control. It holds on to grudges and to anger, frustration by being unforgiving. We try to hold on to that power, that unforgiveness. It, it, it gives us power, right? Because we have something over them. I like what my coworker did. He compared it to the ring in the Lord of the Rings. I don't know if there are any Lord of the Rings fans in here, uh, but he compared it to the ring in the Lord of the Rings, right? That, that ring gives you power in some sense, but at the same sense that, that that ring gives you power, it also eats away at your heart. It also, it also uh, doesn't help. We think it's given us power in return. It is eating away at us. When we forgive, we are being tender-hearted, not hard-hearted. 
Remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, love is kind. It's kind. Lisa Turkers, in her, in her book, Forgiving What We Can't Forget, she says, hardened hearts have such a propensity to, <laughs> to get shattered. Soft hearts don't as easily break. We, we need to soften our hearts. We, we need to display kindness uh, 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 when, when, we're, when, we're, when we're going through what we're going through. But we, we're, we're displaying kindness when we, when we forgive. Here's the thing. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. We, 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 we get so bitter. Remember Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 and 27 says, Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. We give Satan an opportunity when we, when we don't handle situations and disagreements. We, 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 we make space for him. We, we give him more time to get in there and tell falsehoods. But Ephesians 4 and 31, verse 32 also says, let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting, and slander be removed from you along with malice and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Paul is saying there's a way that we ought to talk to each other. There's a way that we ought to treat each other. And here's the thing, we all, have all, we all need to do this, and, and you may have already been doing this, we need to check ourselves when we find ourselves not living up to God's standard and how we're treating one another. Check myself. Thirdly, the unforgiving heart is found uncompassionate. He heard, but he didn't listen. He touched him, but he didn't feel. The same plea that he used to the master uh, was the same plea that the servant used to him, but it didn't work. The word scripture uses here, it says, but he wasn't willing, instead he went in. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went in. This is the point at which the master and the servant go their separate ways. The master, he has compassion on the servant, and he, and he forgives him. But this for, uh, forgiven servant, he goes his separate way, and it tells us that he wasn't willing. And I think this is where we find ourselves at times as, as well. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he left. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he raised his voice. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he didn't speak. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he got cold. But she wasn't willing. Instead, she uh, looked for an opportunity to get even. But she wasn't willing. Instead, she wouldn't acknowledge her presence. But she wasn't willing. Instead, she blocked her on social media. But she wasn't willing. Instead, she unfriended her. This is the same place where we find ourselves, and we have a choice today. Are we going to be like the master are we going to be like this forgiven servant? When we forgive, we show compassion. When we hear others out, understanding where they're coming from. Compassion takes us placing ourselves in someone else's shoes. The forgiven servant was forgiven simply because the master heard him out. He simply heard him out. He heard what he said. We need to be, like Scripture says, quick to listen and slow to speak. <laughs> As you know, sometimes, y'all, with, with this technology that they didn't have back then, but what we, we have now, the, the technology of text message and, and email, and we know lines can get crossed in there, right? 
That we, that, that, that there's things that you, you meant really didn't come across well, and they took, took, uh, 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 they took that wrong, but really you didn't really mean that. And so now we have an issue because the, sometimes we just need to call. Amen, somebody. <laughs> sometimes so many problems can be handled if we just picked up the phone and called. So, hey, this is what I meant. Are we going to see that person we send an email to? Maybe this came across wrong. Let me, let me clear this up. Because sometimes our tone can be lost in text, in email. This forgiven servant was asking for more time to repay this debt. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 says, love is patient. Colossians 3, 12 to 15 uh, says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, uh, any grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. We are to put on love. Guys, we're, we're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's the thing, as you know about your family, you don't get to choose your family. Amen, somebody. Listen, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, there, we're family and there's nothing you can do about it. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're family and there's nothing you can do about it. So you, you've got to love me just as I am, my crazy self. We're family. Jesus says, you're going to know that they're going to know that you are my disciples because you're wearing matching shirts. <laughs> Jesus says, you're, you're going to know that you are the disciple because you go to the same building. No, he says, you're, they're going to know that you are my disciples because you have love for one another. Matter of fact, John questions our, John questions our vertical love if we don't have good horizontal love. Right? Scripture reminds us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. L love God, but also love your neighbor as yourself. John says, <laughs> he questions our, vert our vertical love. If we, our horizontal love is not right, how can you love God whom you have not seen, yet hate your brother who you see daily? He questions our vertical love if our horizontal love is, is, is not right. But matter of fact, uh, the, the place where we see vertical love and horizontal love at its best is on the cross. Where Jesus dies for those who are putting him on the cross and those who hate him, but he's also dying for those who love him. And that's what we're called to do. And in the midst of all of that, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We're called to love. Lastly, the forgiving heart is found unmerciful. Neither deserved mercy, but the forgiving servant was shown mercy. He, he wasn't willing to free him. And the illustration is really beautiful. The, the, the servant is not being free, uh, uh, is not freeing him, uh, but he's imprisoning him, which is, is what we do at times when we don't uh, end up, for, when we don't forgive others, we end up imprisoning both of, both of us. <laughs> Someone says unforgiveness is like drinking poison and, and expecting the other person to die. Here, this man, he had the legal right to put him in prison, but he did not have the moral right. As the master says, notice what the master said, should you not have. That, when you speak of should in philosophy, that, that is basically saying we're taking a position knowing what is right, what is, what, it, what, it, what is right for a person to do. Here, God is this king. He, he's telling him he, what he should have done. He should have forgiven. 
And when we forgive, guys, we are showing mercy because we have been shown mercy. We're setting the captive free. To, 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 to believers, forgiveness is a must because we've been forgiven much. It's a must because we've been forgiven much. Ephesians 4 and, and Colossians 3 just showed us of that fact is that you are to forgive uh, because the Lord has forgiven you. It's so easy today in our society when we turn on the TV, when we t- turn on uh, movies, shows, how we idolize unforgiveness, how we idolize getting even, getting our lick back. We idolize that. But Scripture reminds us in, in Romans 12, verse 18 to 21, says, if, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourself. Instead, leave room for God's wrath. Because it is written, vengeance belongs to me, and I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give them something to drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of a fire, fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Max Lucado says, relationships don't thrive because the guilty are punished but because the innocent are merciful. And instead of, instead of giving them what they deserve, we give them better than what they deserve. We give them better. The master doesn't give the servant what he deserves. Actually, the servant only asks for more time, but the master, he goes beyond that. He gives him, uh, he gives him a freedom, and he gives them complete forgiveness of the debt. We are to give them better than they deserve. And when we look at this servant, the servant could have done something. He could have, he could have given him better. He, he could have shown him more mercy. He, he, could have, he could have been patient and given him what he asked for, given him a little bit more, more time. He could have get him, given him the HBO special, you know, the, the, help, the help a brother out special. Uh, and he could have taken something off of it, right? He could have taken something off of it. Or he could have just done what was done to him and forgiven the whole debt. He could have done something could have done better than what he deserved. And this is what I realized. I realized that mercy costs the giver. It costs us something. The, the master was, he was out of billions and billions of dollars that he would never get back. It costs us something. When we show mercy, we, we, we give up our right to get even and to get what we deserve. It costs us something. It costs us something to, to forgive, but it also costs us something to not forgive. It costs us our peace, costs us our sleep, it, it costs us our happiness. Christians are, we, we are to forgive from a different tax bracket than those who are not believers because we know what it costs for us to be forgiven. We give from a different tax bracket. Unforgiveness please, displeases God because he is rich in mercy. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our trespasses. It is by grace you have been saved. It cost the Father his Son for us to be forgiven. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And so today, we want to offer an invitation to you as the the band comes back up. We want to offer an invitation to you today. If you're looking for God's forgiveness, 
First John chapter 1, verse 9 and, uh, nine and 10 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous or just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 130, verse 3 and 4 says, Lord, if you kept a, a record of iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness. With God, there is forgiveness. With some people, there may not be forgiveness for what you do, but with God, there is forgiveness. Here are three things about God's forgiveness. Firstly, God's forgiveness is for now. God's forgiveness is for everyone and God's forgiveness is for those who want it. Today, you can have forgiveness for free through grace. And here's the thing. Gra grace is free, but it's not cheap. <laughs> God's grace is free, but it's not cheap. It came at a cost. And in the story, we, in some way, we can see ourselves as this forgiven servant who, that, that had a debt that he could not pay. And even if, we, if, even if he had time, he could not pay it. In the same way, in our lives, even if we have time, we, we, we're not going to get ourselves to heaven. You can't work yourself to heaven. You, you, your problem is not time. Your problem is the Savior. So today you need a Savior. The second invitation is this. I want to challenge relationships within your life for, uh, uh, to, to be able to mend those relationships. The holidays are coming up. And to be honest with you, there are some things within my own family, Christian family. My father passed away, and there are some problems that, that had bubbled up. Christian family, right? Be, we're supposed to be perfect. No, we ain't perfect, man. There's no family that's perfect. But in the same way, you may have some problems within your family as well as you are coming upon the holidays. Maybe there's some calls you need to make. Maybe there's some people you need to visit. Maybe there's some things you need to clear up before we get to the holidays. C.S. Lewis says, everyone loves forgiveness. Or everyone, everyone says forgiveness is a, is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. See. Who do you need to forgive? Or whose forgiveness do you need? Or maybe you want to forgive yourself this morning. Maybe there's something that's burdening you down. And, and, and you want to, to for, uh, ask for God, forgiveness for yourself, some of the things that you've done that you didn't think you would do. But maybe you're seeking forgiveness even from your own self. Listen, we, we, we may not forget, right? We may not forget what they did to us, but I heard someone say this. I heard someone say that, hey, you may not forget it, but what Scripture tells us is that the way that we get to that 490, uh, uh, that 490 that, uh, is that, is that we, when we do remember that they wronged us, when where they wronged us, when we remember, we choose to forgive them again. That a month later, you think of it again, and it makes you mad, and you choose to forgive again. A year later, you remember again, and it, you choose to, to forgive again. That's how we get to that 490. Or maybe this morning you want to, to pray for what's happening in Israel. We just ask that you come down. And In my family, the, the way that things are working out better now than they were when my father passed away, it happened through prayer. It happened through prayer. And there's some things that we can't do, there's hearts that we can't get to that God can get to. So will you bow? Dear gracious God, our Father, Lord, we just thank you this morning.